Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This podcast explores all the things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, three years ago, or yesterday. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at Love Letters and Mixtapes. Well, this week, I am sitting down for a conversation with Noelle. She is a New Orleans-based, clinically trained Eastern medicine practitioner. She is an acupuncturist, a coach, and an energy worker. And her passion is helping clients heal and create a deeper, more loving relationship with themselves, their bodies, and the world around them. I connected with Noelle many years ago through Instagram. And you can find her there at Love Based Medicine. We actually crossed paths in Kauai while I was living there many years ago. And I was so struck by her energy, her passion, her curiosity. And I am really looking forward to having this conversation. I think so many of us are curious about the overlap between our physical, mental, and emotional energy bodies. And we would love to know more but we're not really sure where to begin. And that's where Noelle comes in. In this conversation, we are going to explore what balance looks like in our system and what steps we can take to improve our health and our overall wellness, to be more connected, more aligned, to have more intuition and discernment about what feels right for us. And maybe in doing so, we'll gain some knowledge about what is going on in our body and how that is reflected in our emotional life as well. Personally, I have learned so much, even just from following Noelle on social media. Every time she posts, I feel like I get an education. And one of her core messages is that nature is our teacher. She also talks about classical five-element acupuncture, which is so incredibly interesting to me. I can't wait until we dive into that. We are going to discuss this and so much more on today's episode. So welcome, Noelle, to the Love Letters and Mixtapes podcast. Thank you for having me on, Casey. Well, I'm so glad you're here. And one of the reasons is because I watch every single thing you post. I feel like your platform is so informative. I learn so much about holistic health and wellness and different ways of looking at the connection between my physical body and my emotional body. And I feel like the way you talk about it is so approachable, which is why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because I think a lot of people could learn and relate to that. So could you tell us a little bit more about what you do, who you are, what your practice is? I am an acupuncturist. I practice Eastern medicine, and I've been in practice now for a little over 10 years. And my core training is in five element acupuncture, which is really based in understandings of how we work. It acknowledges the fact that we are spiritual beings having this human experience. And so there are different levels of health. There are different reasons that we experience dis-ease. And when you talked about like acknowledging the emotions, that's actually one of the core facets of this medicine is the fact that different organ systems, different meridian systems in Eastern medicine are related to 
our emotional state and vice versa. Sometimes there can be like an imbalance that creates an emotional imbalance. So it's really all about coming back into balance, period. Like regardless of what it is in the five element tradition, we're not necessarily like chasing symptoms. What we want to do is bring that person back to their essential nature, their home element to feel like they're back to themselves. And once they feel that, then the symptoms tend to go away. So it's for me because... I feel like I'm a Capricorn. I'm a little lazy. I'm a little bit like I'm about efficiency. And so instead of it just makes sense. It's like, okay, we have we work less when we just focus on creating balance rather than chasing all these symptoms that don't really get to the root of the issue. Right. So so there's a part of me that's about that efficiency that I really like. That was such a great explanation. Were you always interested in this or was there something that changed your focus or put you on a different path? How did you first begin learning about this and decide you want to be a practitioner? Yeah, that's such a great question. Thank you. Honestly, it was watching my family. It was watching how my mother, my brother, everybody was just given medications and nothing was really getting to the root of the issue. And the same thing happened with me in my life. So I just kept questioning the way that Western medicine was being practiced in terms of not really asking questions and not really healing. That's the bottom line is not really healing. I had this very strong reaction one time where I was in between undergrad and grad school. So I was actually going to be a lawyer. That's what I was studying in undergrad. My my undergrad degree was in communications and I was on track to do the LSATs and like get into law school. I had actually always been interested in Eastern medicine, but was kind of talked out of it by a partner at the time. He was like, you know, are you sure that you're going to make money doing this? Are you sure you're going to like it? And I couldn't really answer yes to that. So I just was like, well, let me do the let me do the smart thing. I'll go to law school. So that was my backstory. And then I was visiting my grandmother once and saw her pill container and it was ginormous. It had I mean, she had like, I don't know, crazy amount of pills. I was like, what is this for? What is this for? Oh, that's for this. This is for a side effect that this is. And then I was just like, this is crazy. And that really planted a seed in my mind. And then probably maybe like a year after that incident, my grandmother died. And her death was very, to me, it was obvious that she wasn't getting the, like, no one was advising her about her diet. No one was advising her about like lifestyle issues. And I think that that contributed to her very early death, in my opinion. And that really shook me. So it was like all of these little events that were happening in my life. Eventually, I was like, you know what? F it. I'm going to go to school for this more holistic approach. And um, there's some mystical things in there, too. I don't want to take up too much time telling that. But yeah, so that's that's what happened. And then here I am. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, we definitely have to get back to the mystical things. I'm already intrigued by that, but I do want to say thank you for sharing the story about your grandmother and about that personal experience of witnessing something and feeling that call for I'm going to say comprehensive health, wraparound health care, holistic mm-hmm. health care, which is a little unheard of. I used to be the director of a cancer support center, and we were very focused on comprehensive wraparound health. And I remember every time I would speak to a new patient who was coming in, there was almost this wall up. It was just this new way of looking at health. We're going to get to sort of the walls and resistance in a minute, but I do want to talk about balance because you mentioned that. And I think for so many of us, we think, oh, I know what balance looks like in me or I know what it doesn't look like. But I want to hear from you as a practitioner when someone is coming to you and something is out of alignment, for lack of a better word. What does that look like? Can you give us some examples well, I think that the the most obvious thing is physical symptoms. You know, that's what gets people in the door 99% of the time is they're experiencing some physical symptoms. So it will be pain, like physical pain. It will be sleep disorders. It will be some issue in the physical body is 99% of the time what gets people in the door. And then once they're there, then we can explore some of the the things that we can do to create balance. And I feel very lucky and and so grateful for Eastern medicine because it gives me a framework to understand what could be contributing to those physical symptoms, including some of the emotional patterns. But that's really what it is usually. It was interesting that you mentioned that response from a former partner. I wanted to check in with you about that, about the resistance or maybe pushback you experienced or have experienced in the past from people when you're sharing about what you do or what you're interested in. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I'm sure that there are some common themes in the resistance. Mm. Or is everyone very open, on board and enthusiastic? What's your experience with it? I mean, I think most of the time what I experience is just people wanting to protect me from something so they're like wanting to protect me from they're projecting their own fears onto the situation that I'm in and that's sort of like what was happening with my ex-partner and I've had family members do that too they're they want to keep me safe and so they're thinking about worst case scenarios in their life and they're sort of like warning me against that or wanting me to consider that when it's sort of not helpful but it's all good in the end because what it what I've learned is it forces me to really get clear about my own intentions and my own power to create and wow like I've thought about that before like what if I did do the safe thing like what if I did like quote-unquote safe thing what if I did followed other people's advice when my heart is telling me something else I don't know what life would be like. I might have more money if I decided to be a lawyer, but I might actually be a lot sicker, less happy. And I love what I do. I think when you follow the path of the heart, that's sort of the payoff is that you're not trying to achieve happiness in some future moment. You are actually like living it because you're in the heart space. And so that's sort of, that's the learning that I got from these times where I've experienced resistance or like people planting their doubts in my mind is like okay what do what do I believe what do I want and 
what feels right for me and just being willing to follow that path, even if it's scary. It helps you get really clear in some ways. So I guess it's all grist for the mill, as they say, right? You know, it does do that. I do want to get back to the connection between the physical body and the emotional body. So very often on this podcast, we discuss trauma. And I would love to hear about your experience as a practitioner who I am sure works with people who have a myriad of trauma. Whether people are aware of it, whether it's from the past, whether it resurfaces while working with you, what is that like as someone who is caring and working with people in that capacity? Mm, That's a really great question. And can I just be very vulnerable and transparent here? So I think that when I told you that my last podcast was 2020, in that year, I really got a message from spirit that it was time for me to heal my childhood trauma and really look at it. Because I think what I had done is take all of these very useful, actually, ideas about like, you know, neuroplasticity and affirmations and focusing on the positive and all those kind of things. So I'd taken all of that and really run with it and created this life that I loved. But I never really looked at my childhood trauma. And what I noticed is it was showing up for me in relationships because my trauma was relational, right? I think most of us have that. And so it would show up in intimate relationships, not only intimate relationships, but any kind of, I I noticed I was like self-sabotaging. If I projected, if I put someone on a pedestal and said like, you're an authority figure, I would sort of like project one of my parents onto them, right? So I noticed that I was doing that. And it was so interesting because I had awareness around the fact that I was doing it after the fact. But when I was in the situation, I couldn't control it. And so I was like, okay, Spirit was saying this is a year to do that. So then these last three years, that's what I've been focusing on in myself. So I think in terms of clients, when they're coming to me and trauma comes up, I don't have necessarily a technique or anything that I feel like this is what I do other than just try to be fully present with them and to just blast them with love. Creating a container in the space for them to fall apart, to be seen and be witnessed without trying to fix it necessarily. That has definitely been an edge for me though because I am a fixer. But I think that that is really what I what I do. And there is a framework for working with trauma in five element acupuncture there's a woman named elaine duncan who's wonderful and she wrote a book called the Tao of trauma and it talks about the five stages of what happens when we go through a traumatic event in terms of the elements and so her understanding which is really useful and i've kind of used this a little bit in my practice is that when we experience a traumatic event we will often get stuck in an element where we weren't able to achieve safety, essentially. So, you know, it starts with the metal element, then it goes into water, and then it goes into wood, then it goes into fire, and then ends in earth. And so let's say, you know, metal is a arousal. So you're like, you're kind of going like, something's might be wrong here. If you were stopped there, if that's where the trauma happened, then you would be stuck in that element, which is the metal element, and that the meridian systems involved in that are large intestine and lung. So oftentimes symptoms will show up in those two meridians and organ systems. And so then we work with that to kind of like create safety. That framework is very useful. There's a possibility that I might do more work with her 
I have so many interests right now, though, that we'll see where that goes. Can you expand a little bit more about the connection between the elements and the meridians? I think that that would be very interesting for our listeners. I know it's something that I always am intrigued by when you post about it on Instagram. I would say that what classical Chinese medicine does, where we're used to thinking of microsystems, we're breaking things down into like the smallest parts. It's much more conceptual. They describe what's happening in the body as a reflection of what happens in nature. So we talk about patterns in the body being related to weather. It's like a poetic way of describing how energy moves. So for instance, like the lung is the metal element. And the metal element symbolizes things like transformation, alchemy, letting go, the inhaled exhale rhythm. It's like all of these like themes and correspondences relate to the metal element. And then if you look at the organ systems involved with the metal, so the long and the large intestine, they also have those themes, right? So like inspiration, alchemy, letting go, like what the large intestine does, it, it extracts the nutrients from the food that we take in and then we shit out the rest. And if there's constipation, there's inability to let go, that can show up on both a physical level and a mental emotional level. So and, and each element has a certain like resonance and a certain quality to it, which is either yin or yang. We're using metal, for instance, that's a very like yin element. In fact, like metal actually is one of the most fascinating elements to me because it, it is the element of like transformation. So it's almost the extreme of both. It can be like extremely yin, holding on, but then also like death, completely like dissolving, letting go, and then emerging as something new. You think about the inhale and the exhale, what happens when you oftentimes we're like inhaling is hard, but really what we need to do is exhale and the inhale happens automatically. And so I think about that with the metal element is just, it's really fascinating. It's like the place where things just shift. And then the next element in the cycle, because each element creates an X is water and the water is is about stillness so that's when we like you know we're now in winter so it's like when we're still when we're absorbing all the lessons from the past and we are hopefully consolidating our energy cultivating some wisdom so that when spring comes we can grow and that's the wood element so the meridians associated with each element kind of have that energy so for instance water we talked about metal being large intestine and lung water is bladder and kidney and you think about like the things that those it's about fluidity right it's about filtering it is also about like holding on and letting go like the bladder does the same thing as as a large intestine in that way but it's also really about resourcefulness you think about those things that even the phrases that we use without thinking about it right like Pissing away money. That actually is part of the water element in Chinese medicine is this idea of being able to hold on to resources versus just like letting them go everywhere, just like splattering them everywhere. And then each element has an emotion, right? So the emotion in metal is grief. The emotion in water is fear. And you think about what happens when someone gets really scared. Have you ever been super scared and someone just like pees themselves? That is a reflection of the water element and the bladder and the kidney meridian. So does that make sense? That absolutely makes sense. And you shared it so beautifully. And I think it would really inspire people to want to learn more about it and yeah. to inquire more about it. And I feel like that's something I want to get to is that connection between knowing about these things and knowing more about ourselves, knowing more about our physical bodies, our energy bodies. 
that can feel almost like a hurdle to someone who maybe doesn't have a lot of exposure to this. So do you have any recommendations of where somebody would start if they were interested in learning more about these things? What would you say to them and where can they go to find out about these things? Yeah, that's a really great question. This is inspiring to me because I have been feeling like I want to share more of this, but I don't really know how. I'm so passionate about it. I love it so much. But it's, it's been a challenge for me to figure out like how to share it in terms of being on social media and like sharing things like that to help people. I would say there are probably a lot of things on social media where people can go and look. There are lots of really great books out there. I think Between Heaven and Earth is a great place to start. It's a really great book. Are there any practices that you would recommend that someone can begin with at home? Maybe something that's approachable. We almost take it for granted that, oh, everyone knows how to meditate or everyone knows how to do this. So let's just say the, the person who's never had exposure to this, where would you encourage them to begin to make that connection between their body, their emotions and their health? I would say definitely meditation. That to me has made the most difference. Breath work is really powerful. Journaling, connecting what you're feeling. I mean, I think that part of my healing practice, the foundation really of my own practice has been a combination of meditation and journaling, quieting my mind and allowing for just like moments to for my mind to wander or to focus on something, whatever comes up in that moment, and then allowing myself to get it out onto paper has been super helpful. I think we're just, yeah, we need quiet time. I think that our culture has been so inundated with information that comes from the outside world that it's hard to really like hear your own voice sometimes or the voice of God, whatever you want to call it, like higher your higher self, spirits. And so we need those times. Also nature, nature to me is just resonance. It's just like pure resonance. And so spending time in nature, just quieting the mind so that you can tune in is really helpful. That's, that would be my suggestion for anybody wanting to connect more deeply with what they're feeling. Well, the name of this podcast is Love Letters and Mixtapes. And we Mm -hmm. are always exploring what we would say to our younger selves. So given all that you know now and all the experiences you've had in life, but also in work, can you share a love letter that you would have said to your younger self? What you needed to hear? What would have made you feel safe and hopeful? Yeah, I love this question because I just mentioned I journal a lot. I kept a lot of my journals over the years and I just looked at a journal from, I was in between undergrad and grad. And this is when I was really struggling with an eating disorder and not knowing like because of my childhood trauma being so blocked, I didn't have an awareness around why I was experiencing the level of shame that I was experiencing at the time. And I was like really judging myself. Like I looked back at this journal the other day and It's almost like if I were to write a letter to that girl, I would be like, you know, a lot more than you're giving yourself credit for. I'm reading these journal entries and I'm like, it was like I was touching on truth and I was doubting myself constantly. I kind of knew, but then I was like doubting myself. And I was also giving my power away to authorities all the time. So like whether that was some teacher or some family member or whatever, the truth in my heart, I was quieting because their voices were louder. 
And I didn't realize that I was in a dysfunctional situation. And you don't really know that until you're on the other side of it. And you can look and go like, I was in this dysfunctional environment and allowing that to affect the way I felt about myself. And I didn't know, I didn't realize that was what was happening, but I was having the emotional responses, the correct emotional responses to abuse or to invalidation to like all of these things. So it was sort of like, I knew all along, but I was making it my fault rather than seeing it for what it was. And I think now on the other side of it, it's like, man, if I can just tell her, like, you already know and and you are fine. You are perfect. You are loved. You are whole. There's nothing you need to do to earn someone's love or to earn respect. You have to embody that in yourself. I think that so many people who listen to this episode are going to resonate with that. And I know that there are people who needed to hear exactly that. So thank you for sharing it. Well, we're going to wrap up, but I want to know where can people find you? How can they connect with you? I am on Instagram. I <laughs> love based medicine. You could go to my website. I will link yeah. it in the show notes. I will do my research. Yeah, and you'll you find love based medicine and everything Send else. Send me a message. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, I am so grateful that you joined us today. I feel like we could have five more episodes to unpack some of the things that we talked about today. So hopefully you'll come back. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Until next time. Please make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Maybe take a moment to like, rate, or review this podcast. And thank you again for listening to Love Letters and Mixtapes.